Welcome back to another episode, another podcast of Plumbing Secrets and Other Political Trappings. My name's Ed Harris. I'll be your host today. This is Season 2, Episode 8, While You Were Sleeping. Shout out to Harris Plumbing, as always, and to the famous composer, Bill West. Okay, Season 2, Number 8, While You Were Sleeping. Well, as entitled, you may have missed something along the way, but we're going to try and catch you up on some of those key things that sort of slipped through the cracks that you didn't notice. Some of you, well, some of you may be well-versed in all of this, and it may bore the crap out of you, but some of this you may not even know or just didn't notice. A lot of it just sneaks along. So let's get right to it. We're going to start out with tub spouts. <laughs> I know you're expecting something more exciting, but we're going to start with tub spouts. For some of you, I would venture to say, I don't know, 30-ish and older, um, there was a time when you could get in a tub, especially when you were kids, and when you went to get out of the tub, you could grab a hold of the tub spout and pull yourself up. Never gave it a second thought. And then there came a time uh, when those people who are 30-ish and under, who already probably know this or noticed it, is that the tub spout is not a grab bar. And basically what the difference is, you used to put a tub spout on when you uh, finished putting the valve in place, whether it was a replacement or whether it was brand new. Uh, and, and what comes out of the bottom of the valve was a piece of pipe. And it had a little elbow with threads in it. And the, the common thing that was screwed into it was called a galvanized nipple. It's just a piece of pipe that has threads on each end. And it was just long enough to stick out just far enough. So when you screwed on the tub spout, um, it would tighten down and the tub spout would end up in the upright position, just perfect, and you were done. And it was a big, hearty piece of galvanized pipe. And the other thing that would happen after a given amount of time is every time you turn the tub on, there'd be a little rusty water would come out. That's because the tub spout was rusting out, and the pipe that would that it was connected to was rusting out. They stopped doing that, for most faucets um, a very, very long time ago. But it took a little time for people to get used to that because at the lovely box stores where they sell you a lookalike product from the same company, uh, it stuck around for a while where you still were having to screw a nipple in. 
well. Pretty much you can't find that anymore. Uh, they, they've pretty much done away with that. And what that means is all that's sticking out typically is a piece of copper pipe or a piece of CPVC pipe. The, the uh, uh, vanilla looking color. And that's it. That's not enough to support your weight. And you'll notice that the tub spout does not unscrew anymore. It just has a little Allen wrench that goes up inside it and tightens the little set screw down, kind of holds it in place, and you put a little bit of grout around it. Now that may sound flimsy, and for all intensive purposes it is. But the only thing that tub spout needs to do is dump water into the tub and provide just enough resistance so if you have a tub spout that has a little diverter handle on it that you pull up on to divert to the shower head, it just needs to offset that little bit of strength that it takes to do that. That's it. That doesn't require a lot. And the problem is if, if you don't realize that, if you went a thousand and one times getting in and out of the tub and just never grabbed a hold of the tub spout, and then that one time you do, you can pull the tub spout right off the wall without realizing it. So for those of you who didn't get that one time in a thousand, don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's very easy to tell what kind of spout you have. You can take a little mirror and look at the bottom side. If there's a, a, a hole there and you can kind of see a probably a little bit corroded screw head that looks like it takes an Allen wrench to turn it, well, you have a modern, you know, uh, tub spout. If none of that is there, well, then you have an old-fashioned tub spout that's screwed onto a piece of pipe, probably galvanized. Now, which do I prefer? Honestly, I prefer the pipe. Um, they're difficult to install, though, when, when you have to replace. Um, Everything has to be perfect. The nipple has to be the right length. And I don't use galvanized. I'll use a brass nipple because the brass nipple won't corrode the same way. So be careful what you grab. The only thing that's a grab bar in a bathing area is a grab bar and nothing else. Not the soap dish, not the tub spout, not the handle to the faucet. The only thing that's a grab bar is the grab bar. So... Hopefully you've heard this, you can check it out yourself, and if you change out your valve, you're welcome to make a choice of which one you want to use. Okay, the next thing, again, not very sexy, but water heaters, people have asked this question before, uh, they've, they've emailed me, and I really haven't, I've spoken about water heaters and talked about different stuff, but the definitive changing point in water heaters. Some people swear it was the materials they used, um, the fact that we went with gas, the fact, you know, all these different things, tankless, no. None of that compares to one small change that was made years ago with water heaters. The way water heaters used to work was water cold water would come just inside the top of the water heater. 
and the flow of that water would jet down into the tank and and it was thought again this is very surprising that it is so unscientific but at the time they thought that that was good enough that the water would be jetting down and it was cold and everybody knew cold would sink down and hot rises and it was fine they rocked on like that for a long time finally somebody said why don't we make it so the cold water we definitely know that it'll go all the way to the bottom i think that that will improve the efficiency of the water heater of course, nobody cared. Gas was 20 cents a gallon. You could get a pack of cigarettes for 30 cents. Uh, nobody cared about efficiency. What, what difference did that make? And that was also a big driver. And it was a corporate driver. What, do we got to add one more thing to our water heater? That's going to cost money. Well, as it turned out, it didn't take much to add. All they did was put a real thin piece of pipe that was kind of flared out at the top and shoved it in the water heater and then shipped it off. And the little thin piece of pipe, it stopped about two inches from the bottom of the water heater. So now when cold water goes in, it goes all the way to the bottom, no matter what. And it is hugely more efficient. Now, what's interesting is, you know, companies, you've heard me say this before, they always love to find ways to make more money, but not really give you much. Well, this is one time they gave you a lot as far as efficiency and revolutionizing the way a water heater actually works with this simple change. But that's also the time, one of the very first times, that you really saw water heaters go up like 300%. Um I'm not that old, and I can remember when you can you could buy a water heater for, I don't know, less than $100, okay? Just wasn't that big of a thing, and uh, parts and labor were probably another 100 bucks. You put a water heater in for a couple hundred bucks. It's unheard of today. Well, yeah, because water heaters are very expensive. The parts are very expensive. The labor has radically changed. Uh, and, and it's a whole different topic, but, you know, everything's more expensive, right? But this one time, they really stuck it to people. <laughs> the, but the long-term benefits were, were tremendous. It, it, it revolutionized the, the actual water here. Because it doesn't matter how thick it is. doesn't matter how good your heating elements are. None of that. Uh, if you're not shooting the water all the way to the bottom then you're really not accomplishing very much. So that was the big change, which is why when you're servicing your water heater, you do not drain your water heater. The only time you drain the water heater is when you're getting ready to throw it away. Uh, you flush the heater. That's how you make it work. Uh, okay, so you may or may not have known that, but that's the big change there. Now here's one that I don't know, it bugs the crap out of me. Bathroom sink drains. Well, actually, just the bathroom sink. I would caution you, when you are buying fixtures, regardless of where you buy them, whether it's some hardware store or 
from a tile store or a, a vanity store or whatever. Wherever you buy it, uh, it's your business. But you may or may not notice this until it's too late, that you have a drain in the bottom and then you're looking around the sink and you don't see the other little hole. And what is that other little hole about? That is called, it's referred to as the overflow. Now, does it function as an overflow? Sure, for a little while, but it is a small hole. Typically, it's not really big. Now, there are some sinks that have three or they'll have an oblong hole and it's really big. And that's great, okay? That's, that's wonderful. The majority of them just have one hole. Um, and, and while that does function as a little bit of an overflow, if you turn the water on full blast and close the stopper, you will overcome the overflow, okay? And the sink will just pour out onto the floor, flood your house. Um, but it is important to have a little time, you know, somewhere where the water can go. And, and it's part of the plumbing code. That is part of the plumbing code in every city, every county, every state, uh, every region uh, of the United States. That's part of the plumbing code. And that has not changed. It's still there. Um, it's not as prevalent as it used to be. It used to be in many different places. And uh, it's, it's still there, though. It's a little more hidden. Um, along came vessel sinks. A vessel sink is nothing but a large bowl that sits on top of the counter. Well, there's nowhere to have an overflow in a vessel sink. So they did two things. That one, they allowed you to use what's called a sure vent. And we're going to get to venting in just a moment. This will lead us right into venting. Uh, they would allow you to have a sure vent. And what that does is it allows air to enter. And, and where did air used to come from? Wow. It used to come from the overflow hole. It used to draw air in there, uh, especially when the water was turned on at a high rate. And with the vessel sinks, the original concept was that when the spout poured water out, it would pour water directly on top of the stopper, which would cause it to diffuse and go out in a 360-degree area, allowing air and water to go down the vessel sink. Now that sounds great. And on paper, hey, it looked great. And inspectors bought it, hook, line, and sinker, and, and municipalities and cities and states in our country and all the people that play with our codes, everybody went for it. Well, it's a joke, okay? Number one, yes, you can use a sure vent. A sure vent does not last forever. We'll revisit that in a minute. Um, but faucets are all different. They make all kinds of different faucets that will work in a vessel sink that are tall enough to get water over into the vessel sink. And every single municipality in the country is not the same. Every single house inside the municipality is not the same. Every plumbing system in every single house is not the same. So how on Zeus's earth could you ever come up with the idea that the water that flows out of the end of the spout will always be the same amount 
and hit the stopper. No, that, 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 and no engineer came up with that. Marketing came up with that. Engineering told them, hey, that's not going to work. It, it, it's a nice idea, but that will not work. It won't work in math. It doesn't work on paper. And marketing said, what do we care? We're selling stuff. What, why? Doesn't make any difference to us. Make it look good on paper. We're sending it out. And that created gray areas in the code that have never been repaired, never been fixed. And manufacturers don't care because they make money off of it. They make a lot of money off vessel sinks. Okay? Um, they love selling those. I hate putting them in, but they love selling them. And, of course, inspectors, they're not doing anything about it. Municipalities don't do anything about it. Who cares what difference does it make? The difference is millions of dollars is being just thrown away, and it's your money. Um, because the stuff doesn't work. And then what happened was you had sink companies, various ones, ABC, Jerry John's, whatever. You know, they, they started making these cheap sinks and you would buy them at the box store and they had no overflow. None. Now, there's some municipalities have gone to the trouble of making it very clear that you can't put that sink in. It will not pass inspection. But many of those same municipalities don't require an inspection for putting in a vanity. So even though the code may say it, they're not going to follow up. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a joke. Um, and there are just very few that actually do require that, where you have to have a um, an inspection. Um and some of you say, what's the difference? The difference is your sink gets stopped up and you're having to call a plumber. And you'll never resolve it. You can put a, just like they bought into with the vessel sink, you can put a sure vent underneath and will it help a little? Yeah, it'll help a little. But nothing beats having an overflow. And just because you have uh, the sure vent, that doesn't help you with the overflow issue whatsoever. Um, once again, the thinking is just like the vessel sink. The water would come perfectly out of the faucet and land in the perfect spot right on top of the stopper and diffuse the water magically in a 360 degree area. Now you tell me that doesn't sound like marketing. Okay. Uh, yeah, it sounds like marketing. Somebody made some money on that. Somebody got a good lunch out of that. Uh, no, it's a joke. You're never going to make it work. It doesn't work. And I would recommend you do not buy a sink uh, that has no overflow in it. That's, that's stupid. Um, they tried doing that with tubs for a little while there, but that didn't work out so well. Um, and part of the reason for that is because you tear out the walls when you take out a tub and change it out, there ends up being an inspection. So that just didn't work out. They figured if there wasn't an inspection, well, we'll just make it. People will buy it. They'll put it in and it won't matter. Yeah, you, you know, now you've got a, a tub overflowing. That really pumps a lot of water into the house. Now, you heard me talk about venting. 
they're, they're, oh, you could go on for hours about venting because it is wonderful. Some of the changes that have come about, uh, with many things besides plumbing in the early phases of development. Okay. Many companies, many engineers, many scientists did tend to err on the side of caution. And when it came to venting, that was something they did too. And, uh, basically what that means is your sewer pipes were a lot bigger than they ever had to be. And is that a bad thing? Not really. Um, the, the only real negative to that uh, is that, for lack of a better word, critters, <laughs> rats, folks, um, you know, animals of varying sizes and types, if the pipe's big enough, they can get up it. Now, rats can get inside a two-inch pipe. But if you go underneath, especially houses that are elevated off the ground, such as mine, um, a lot of times you would find cast iron piping and you would find six and eight inch pipes, you know, uh, welded together and, and, you know, it's really cool and everything, but they were massive and, you know, you can drive a car through there. There was no need for that. And the smallest vent you usually ever would see would, would you know, probably be a four inch. Uh, every once in a while, there'd be one little two inch vent for something like the laundry. But yeah, your vents were quite often four inch vents. And the gist of the big change, there are lots, there are volumes. Like I said, you go on for a long time. But basically, the, the basic gist is whatever the pipe size is, your vent can be half of that. And the smallest pipe you see in, in sewer related is, is inch and a half. So if you have a three inch pipe, which is perfectly suited for a toilet, you only need an inch and a half vent. Um, and that was unheard of. Uh, but you know, inch and a half vent, an inch and a half pipe is plenty big enough to get up on the roof of the sewer cable, plenty big enough to send the sewer cable right down into the three inch pipe down beneath the floor. Um, so, and it allows plenty of air. Basically, somebody finally did the math. And computers helped because there were a lot of numbers to crunch. If you start trying to figure the volume, uh, you've got seven toilets, four sinks, and you know two laundries, and 1,234 square foot of pipe. You know, it, it yeah, it gets to be quite an equation. So they erred on the side of caution, made all the pipes big, and said, ah, just go with it. It's fine. Pipe was cheap. Prior to World War II, pipe was very cheap. And then pipe was very expensive. PVC came out, pipe got cheap again. But all the fittings and everything, it finally they woke up and said, you know, let's we've got a computer here. Why don't we figure out the math? And they did. And they realized, oh my God, we've been, you know, a four-inch pipe only needs a two-inch vent in most cases. And granted, that does depend on what you're putting down it, how many fixtures are connected to it. Yes, there's, there's, but the gist is about half the size. So that, that was huge. Now, one of the things that came on the horizon not too long after was this thing I referred to before as a sure vent. And that's actually a brand name. It's also called a Studer vent. 
basically that is a little part that will screw in to a fitting and it has a little disc in it and it may or may not sit on a spring some do some don't but it has a little shaft that connects to the disc and it can go up and down and when air moves up toward it it pushes that disc up and closes off and creates a seal so water cannot make it out through there. In other words, your sewer could get stopped up and your source of flowing water could be higher than the sure vent, but the sure vent won't leak because as soon as water starts making its way toward the sure vent, long before it ever gets there, the sure vent closes up and does not allow anything to pass. Hey, that's really cool, right? Uh, that's kind of neat. Somebody thought of that. That's great. Okay. Now, when the sure vent is not being pushed against, the disc falls into the open position, and it allows air to come in. Now, whether you realize this or not, you need air for stuff to go away. When you flush the toilet, if the piping system was not vented to the outside of the home or to a sure vent, for instance, the water won't leave the toilet. It has to have air, and it can't get that air from the bowl. That physical water that's in the bowl needs to be mixed with air so it can leave. Otherwise, it gets vapor-locked and it's trapped. Um, and that's, you know, 101, plumbing 101 there. Uh, the sure vent was very helpful because they started using it in places that might be an issue for getting a pipe all the way outside. Um, which is great. So, so the problem is that is not a, uh, uh, <laughs> it doesn't work forever. It's not a permanent solution. Um, you should change them out probably every five or six years. They would probably like to tout that they last much longer. Uh, when they're brand new, they're very sensitive. They work really well. The slightest air movement at all. Click, they're shut. As they get a little older, yeah, they're a little more sluggish. And you can start smelling things. I have a client in East Lake Woodlands. Um, they have a sure vent in their master bathroom under both their lavatory sinks. And their vent pipe that goes up to the ceiling is, you know, 12 or 13 foot away from both of those sinks. So it exceeds the length that is written in the code. So the plumber, whoever, you know, when they built the house, they put in sure vents under there. Well, those people are there 10, 15 years. And that's, I believe... Even the house is probably 20 years old. Sure vents had never been changed, and they started smelling sewer gas. Um, well, we just changed the sure vents, and now the sewer gas is gone. Um, but it is something that it's not expensive. They range from 20 to 50 bucks, depending on the size, and you just screw it on. You don't even need a plumber. Um, 
So look around underneath your sinks. Your kitchen sink is a good example. Island sinks. There's no way to get a vent up to the roof, right? You got an island. There's nothing there. That's the point of having the island. But you got a sink there. Water has to leave. And you'll notice a big three-inch pipe sticking up with a, uh, a fitting on it that looks like a T on its side. And sticking out of the top of the T is a sure vent. Well, it does have to be changed every once in a while. Um, I'm going to quickly mention the one thing. We have a podcast on this that talks extensively about water. I would recommend you re-listen to it again if you've forgotten. Water has changed. Uh, and if you'll listen to that podcast, you can. it's easy to look up. I think it was season one where we talked about uh, filters and, and the amount it takes us to keep our water clean has dramatically increased. A lot more chemicals. Um, our water is dirtier. We're getting it from new sources. And mainly because our water, the reason why you heard the tone of my voice get very somber, it's very dear and near to my heart. Water is precious. Water is more precious than oil. It's more precious than your car, your house, anything on the planet. There's nothing more important than water. And we only have so much drinking water available to us. Clean drinking water. Um, so that is another big change while you were sleeping probably well, half of all drinking water has been overly contaminated while you were sleeping. So those are the highlights. Things are always changing. Keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and uh, uh, definitely listen to our podcast. If you have any questions, as always, please email me at edharris at harrisplumbing.net. More than happy to cover those in our podcasts, uh, and I'll respond to your email just as quick as I possibly can. Uh, if you ever have any questions, please send them in. Uh, or suggestions, any topics that you would like covered, um, always open to that. Some of these topics today came from those questions that you guys sent. Uh, you heard me talk about several things in there that were great, and some of them that weren't so great. A lot of that stems from certain regulations that were very well thought out and, and came forward and helped change things for the better, for the environment, for us, for our pocketbooks. Uh, unfortunately, recently we've taken a huge step backwards, and uh, I, I hope we can recover from that real soon. Uh, we're going to cover some of that in the very next podcast. So listen out for season two, episode nine, where we're losing. It'll be entitled something like that. And we'll go over some of those wonderful political and engineering type things that we're just losing the game at. And it's not going to get better. Uh, one last reminder, I've gone over my time, what I usually do, but I don't care. This is important. Um, vaccinations are happening. It's great. It's wonderful. 
Um, it's a Wednesday. I get mine this Friday, the second shot. Uh, but there are still so many people that not only haven't had a chance to get a vaccination, but some of them are saying they're not going to. It is not safe. Cases are rising. Uh, things are mutating a little bit. It's bound to happen. Uh, I would beg you to be safe. Be careful. If, if I could change your mind, if you're a naysayer, I, I just wish I could. Some type of anti-vaxxer. I wish I could change your mind. This is, this is better than dying. Okay. And no, you're not going to grow three heads. Um, uh, and just to put things in perspective, the one, I'm not going to name the name, but the one vaccine you only needed one shot of, I think they got seven, eight million vaccinations out. Six people had a blood clot problem. Now, we're smart enough to pause that for a few days and just make sure it's nothing that's going to get worse. That's smart. And then we'll crank that back up. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Um, I don't know that that would have happened six months ago. They would have just barreled on through and said, well, six people dead. Who cares? Keep going. Well, we're pausing for a moment with that one particular one, making sure we're good to go. And that's smart. Um, but, you know, seven, eight million people and six people had some blood clots. That's pretty good. So, uh, please get vaccinated, but be safe. Uh, keep wearing the mask, keep washing your hands, keep the social distancing. Um, you know, I always kid people and say, this is your big chance to all those people you really didn't want to hang around. Keep not hanging around them. But seriously, uh, it, it's, it's dangerous and we should have seen this coming and we can do something about it. It takes a cooperation, which is something I think we have a little bit more cooperation in our government right now. It's not perfect. Far from it. But we're still lacking it with a major segment of our population that is not involved with government. And I, I don't know how to make that better. But I think if we keep talking about it, maybe they'll just get so frustrated and tired of us talking about it, they'll finally come around. I don't know. But it's got to change. It's got to get better. And um, I know people like myself are not going to stop talking about it. We're not going to give up. And we're going to keep, if you're listening to this, we're going to keep bugging you until you go get your vaccination. And until you socially distance and wear that mask. Uh, yeah, we're not giving up on this. We're going to get this right. And, and no more 500,000 people dying. That's insane. Uh, that's, that's crazy. All right. Be safe. Take care. Talk to you in a little while with uh, episode nine. And, uh, you know, what do I know? I'm just a plumber. Bye.